Welcome to episode 22, 22 episodes of Sim Sundays. And you're actually at the new home of Sim Sundays because we got that magical YouTube handle this week. So we're at Sim Sundays on YouTube now, which is pretty amazing if you ask me. Tom is actually in America this week, so he's on my side of the pond, as they say. And uh, where are you at? You're in Texas right now, right? I think I'm in Texas. I'm in Austin. Uh, I just spent that is Texas. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I spent a couple of days at Cota, and before that, we we're in San Francisco. I've got jet lag, but I just about worked out what time our podcast was today, and we've we've made it. So thank God. But it's it's in a way, it's kind of double edged because we've never met. So Chris and I have never met personally, never. Um, well, and yet we've yeah. worked together for what two years on Gridfinder. Um, yeah, I think it's past two years now. Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, it really is. Time flies, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's the first time I've been to America in that time, and we haven't managed to see each other. But that's okay because we are going to see each other at Sim Expo this year. Sim I Expo, I'm excited. Cannot wait for yes. However, less about us, more about our guest. <laughs> so I am very excited and very proud to introduce the sim racing cult icon and animated commentator. That is George Morgan. Welcome to the show. Uh, big thank you. Thank you to both you, Tom and Chris, as well, and the whole Gridfinder team for bringing me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to get into the, the details about a specific trip that we mentioned just a little bit before the show, you know, when we're trying not to talk to each other. But uh, I want to hear the story about the magical place we call Monaco that I want to go to so badly. This yeah, I mean, it's been a journey honestly, for you, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, this year has been a bit of a blur in itself. Um, I mean, it's I did never, ever, no, never fathomed that um, I'd be doing half the stuff that I've been doing this year. But I mean, Monaco, as as Chris alluded to, was was something else. Uh, I mean, it was almost stepping into Bizarro world, really. Uh, I mean, uh, landing in Nice <laughs> and you know, all of a sudden being escorted to a to a helicopter um, to to the the island of Monaco was just utterly surreal. Uh, I mean, the, the the actual place itself was out of this world. Um, the, the cars that were just parked in the street, you know, you had Lamborghinis, Bentleys, Aston Martins, uh, Ferraris, <laughs> and, you know, uh, for, from someone from a humble background such as myself, you know, we, we don't see those kinds of cars in, in South Wales. You know, we're not used to that kind of thing. So uh, when we step, <laughs> step into territory such as that, it's, it's slightly bizarre, but amazing to say the least. Yeah, I was uh, looking at your LinkedIn profile today, uh, just doing a little bit of pre-show research. And, and I mean, we're going to cover all this, right? But you've worked for V10 Ali and you've done yeah. Formula One esports commentary. And, you know, you were in frickin' Monaco, like the Formula, <laughs> Formula Regional European Championships you've commentated. This is all great stuff, right? But the thing that really stood out to me on your LinkedIn profile, which I think speaks volumes uh, about you is that on your LinkedIn profile, you've also got that you were a commentator at Race Spec Esports Formula Sim Racing ORL Apex. Uh, well, okay, Veloce is quite big. Uh, PSGL WOR. So you've you've kind of kept that history of being a stakeholder, you know, like a, a part of the the league racing history, and you haven't kind of put that away and, and hidden that no. because now it's it's Formula One and it's Monaco and it's helicopters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I, it sounds corny and cheesy, but every, everything, 
uh, you know, to do with league racing. I mean, all that is is part of me. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing unless I did all those things before. I mean, it built my foundation, and I and I always want to to stay in touch and stay true um, to to the league racing side and and recognize it as well because it's it's very important because not only. Uh, you know, you got to think. Uh, you know, it's an avenue where people can grow. They they can find that foundation, um, like like I was so fortunate to do, and um, like like even now today, I, I pop into the PSGL Discord and I wish the new commentators the best of luck on a new season. Or you know, if they have <laughs> any questions they want to ask me, if they have, or if they want any advice, or if they want help with their stream settings, or if they if they want to just talk nonsense for half an hour, it just it just doesn't bother me. You know, just li- I like to stay involved in the community i feel that we are uh you know very much in a community and i and i think it's it's the right way to be personally that's an interesting way to go about it because like a lot of the time let's take i don't know football well i guess i'm talking american football or we can talk about you know soccer as mm. the rest of the world calls it football because it makes more sense because they play with their feet but that's another subject altogether but <laughs> Once you get to a certain point in a lot of sports or a lot of professions like that, it's almost like there's this invisible wall where the lower level people are like, "Oh, we can't talk to them anymore. They're yeah. they're at the next level. They're on the they're on the stage while we're in the in the crowd, you know." And you keeping that relationship alive probably means more than you can even honestly say to those commentators. And how did you go from just, you know, a small commentator that was doing league races and things like that. How did you actually get your, I guess, stepping stone to getting into the bigger stuff and getting the big, I guess, events? Do you know what? I'd love to say that there was a formula or, or some sort of written script to the whole thing, but it, it's, it just simply is not the case. Um, I mean, I, I sort of fell into it by accident. It, don't get me wrong. It was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and, a, and a pleasant accident, uh, to say the least. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, obviously, like you say, I've been commentating leagues now for a good, you know, four years uh, plus, really. And um, PSGL obviously went from strength to strength. You know, I was part of the very foundation of the PC um, side of it. And I, I brought in all the esports drivers to compete uh, into it. We we very much turned PSGL into into a hub of uh, of great talents and, and, and also put in place something I think that was missing in many cases in, in terms of the fact that you could get the new drivers coming up that eventually want to compete in, in eSports, they can compete with those top level drivers now. And and it was great because obviously the teams then watch PSGL because they want to identify what talent they want to pick up for the new eSports yeah. season. And it gives the ambition and drive to those young drivers who want to step up. And um, it also gives commentators a, a chance as well because they're commentating on the best drivers in the world. Obviously, then the esports organizations are watching those um, competitions too and the leagues. And uh, it, it's really, really good. And it builds a, a very a, a very vibrant community, helps the community, and just makes yeah. it a little bit more than just some guys getting together, you know, uh, you know, every, I don't know, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day of the week it might be and uh, mm-hmm. makes it really something special i think yeah why did you start commentating in the first place like for your first league race right whichever league that was with presumably you were part of a discord maybe even a driver and at some point they said well we need a commentator what made you volunteer i i honestly again there's no romantic story <laughs> to it it's <laughs> it's literally I um, was racing uh, with just four of my friends. 
uh, in a in a league that we had just created just between us. There were no big ambitions to make. Yeah, we're going to make this league the biggest thing in the world. It it was just something to do as as friends. And um, you know, we we used to meet up on a Friday night. Um, I mean, I I was never a fast driver. <laughs> um, I mean, I was two seconds off the pace of, of everybody, and, I, and eventually I just Maybe. got fed up with it. I was, I just, I'm, I'm fed up of getting beaten every Friday night. Um, so I I said, look, is there anything else I can do? And they said, George, why do you commentate or something? You know, do that. Said, yes, why? Yeah, sounds good to me. We'll try that. Um, so we. Uh, we <laughs> Sorry, we hang on, hang on, hang on. So you 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 present that like it's uh, like you're playing football with your mates, and they're like, George, why don't you just bring the oranges on at halftime? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that, like, that's how it was. I mean, that, no, that's genuinely how it was. I mean, I was I was literally we would get into a PlayStation chat between us, and I'd be like, oh guys, I can't be doing this. This is this is ruining me. And they said, well, just get in, just get into the, just get into the into the commentary box and just do some commentary. We were, we had like like maybe one viewer a broadcast. I mean, sure. what I will what I will say is that obviously a lot of you guys will know that my signature start is pedal to the metal and it's go 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 go. I actually started using that from that first thing. So I've had that since I first oh, wow. started. So that's never changed. Um in fact, there's a lot about my commentary that hasn't changed. I'd like to think it's a little bit more polished <laughs> since the, the the first time as as anything is, but yeah, no, it, that that was simply it and um I just got the bug for it, really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously I grew up watching Formula 1 from 96 and um when Damon Hill won the championship, I was a big Damon Hill fan back then. Uh I had a Damon Hill Scalectrics with Michael Schumacher's Benetton as well um that year for christmas uh, when i was a kid um and watched it every year after that uh, i mean to be fair as time drew on obviously as damon retired i didn't have another favorite driver i used to just enjoy watching the racing so you know that i was i was pretty much hooked from that point on so yeah i mean murray was an icon in my in my view so um i think my commentary style is sort of uh, i think it's i think he's definitely an inspiration to me i think so are you quite conscious then of your style? Are you quite conscious of like your your brand as a commentator? Is that something that you review and, and work on or do you try and keep it completely, totally natural and reactive? Uh, more so, I think I'm... Uh, I've, been, I, I've gone about it in a natural way for a long, long, long time. I mean, I've, I've sort of had to look at myself a little bit more now because I, I am a... It is my life now, um, and it's 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 my profession. So I've got I've got to, you know, just in the in the modern age we live in, uh, and the way we we work, and obviously social media being a very powerful um, platform and tool, you almost do have to create that sort of brand aura around yourself, um, and that is something I've had to learn and develop, and I'm still learning. And I think that's why I enjoy doing doing all this. It's like every day's a lesson. I, I learn something new every day. Um, but yeah, I am I am working on the whole brand side of things like um i i started to brand the name george morgan tv that is my name on on like twitch and um you know it's it's how i personify myself on um you know on all my social media platforms but i'm still just george you know same george that has been doing commentary since league racing or the same guy you might have spoken to in a pub or the same guy you've spoken to um anywhere but uh, i i've just got a huge passion for the for what we do, I mean, I'm very, I'm immensely passionate about the league racing community. Still am. Uh, I always get involved. Watch the watch the races as well. I still tune into PSGL and WOR and and whatever it may be that's on. And uh, and obviously F1 esports too. And um, even I racing and ACC. I, I love mm. all that stuff. Yeah. Right now, 
sim racing is kind of reminding me of the days when I know it's a little bit different, but like when Twitch first started or when YouTube first started, mm. it's there's the opportunities are so large right now because sim racing isn't like huge and massive as let's say Call of Duty League or League of Legends or anything like that. So I feel like a lot of these younger commentators or even old guys like me that maybe want to want to start talking into a microphone can could probably have some pretty good opportunities in that world right now. Absolutely. So yeah. and no, your story stories. Your story I mean, just, inspires. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you know, you're a normal league commentator where your buddies were like, "Hey, you're not fast enough, get on the microphone," which yeah. could be my future, Tom, um uh, <laughs> with my my it's not a bad future, unbelievable man. driving. <laughs> it's not I mean, we've mentioned it a like, few it, times. Your life, <laughs> yeah, your life doesn't end. You know, if you, if you if you're if you're off the pace, it just does that. It does it doesn't? There's there's a future for everybody. But we we had we had some we had some great uh, some great things happen this year. I mean, I I there was one story that came out this year, and it, there's a guy who follows me on Twitter, and I follow him too. A guy called Colin Rowlands, uh, Colin Rowlands Mason, I think his name is. And his father competes in league racing too. And his father's 67 years of age. Wow. And he got his first league race win wow. in uh, in a league this year. In One Hub, I think it is. One Hub Racing. And it was like one of the, the most amazing things I've ever seen. He was streaming live. The You could hear the jubilance and the and the, and the passion behind it. You know, and it, this is league racing. To some normal human being who's just watching outside the box knows nothing about league race and probably wonder what is he on <laughs> literally <laughs> but you know for those who are actually in, like for those who are actually understand what's happening it, it was an amazing moment and uh, and colin was obviously overjoyed his father was as well the guys at one hub were, were like oh my god this is unbelievable and i i thought it was great <laughs> and uh you know it's uh yeah it's just moments like that is what really it's what this community is all about really do you know what i mean so um i'm yeah. that's the kind of thing i i, I love to be honest i mean yeah. that is some that's some pretty wholesome content but you have you have definitely you've definitely moved up a level from league racing to to the the, the bigger the bigger gigs right i want to know what it was like when you got your first gig that was going to be recorded in a studio because you're one of the few commentators uh-huh. that have come from sim racing but we see you in front of the camera with like a big fancy led backdrop and maybe a desk or some a sofa and you've got presenters and it's walking at this time and you're all mic'd up and it's very kind of showbiz right how was that first yeah, yeah. experience did you did you just take to it or were you like holy crap this is this is this is not what i'm used to i'm used to being in my bedroom <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, obviously there was there was some tentative nerves. I think obviously stepping in. I, I think to to the. I mean, I remember V10R League because that was my first job at Gpinity. That was my first experience working uh, with that organisation. Obviously, they're a well-known. Uh, you know, obviously they they push the F1 esports side. They're the ones who produce the show. They they back it, and uh, uh, you know you they're they're the ones who who bring it. And um, obviously walking into the Gfinity Arena for the first time. Uh, in London uh, was was pretty special. Um, I mean, the thing is, doing stuff live in a, in a in a what's considered a professional capacity wasn't necessarily new to me at that time because I w- I used to be in a rock band as well and um, I I actually toured three times. I I'd, I'd headlined the O2 Academy in Birmingham as well and and things like that. So I thought, look, what if, was the band I, if I can play a fest. A bank or thousand fingers, yeah. We we didn't we didn't go immensely <laughs> far, but we 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 played like festivals and 
we we did that's very things cool and you know that's still yeah playing yeah out. i mean yeah i mean i it was like it, again it was uh, my you know sort of releasing my creative side you know me and my friends again from school we just wanted to get together play music and, and have a bit of fun on the weekends and, and it turned into a little bit of something you know we played the o2 I can always say I headlined the O2 Academy, you know, and uh, that probably was calms the nerves a little bit when you're in front of the camera because you're, you know, you've been yeah. performing on stage before, so kind of have the, your wits about you still. Well, I think if you can, if you have the ability to sing badly and and play and play bass badly uh, live in front of 600 people in an arena, I think that's, I'd say that's, that, you know, you can't really get, you know, heavier <laughs> than that really um so i you know there there are benefits to that i mean obviously there was always that nerves because obviously it's live tv um you know vita and our league was being broadcasted on bt sport uh, at the time as well and uh, that's obviously big pressure because you're basically thrown into the into the lion's den at that point and um but uh, you know i as soon as i got started and the and the, sh and the show started i just sank into it i i just treated it as if it was a thursday night covering psgl and um it was it was great we loved every moment of it and uh we took that all the way to abu dhabi and uh that was that was a lot of fun too uh getting to travel over there and uh then obviously that was the the precursor to doing f1 esports and 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 various other events too that's absolutely amazing so when you're uh, i guess polishing your craft we'll say do you ever just like watch the pr psgl or any of the you know streamers out there and kind of commentate to yourself where you're like just trying to keep your wits sharp and maybe the track is coming up for an official event so you kind of commentate to yourself just to practice uh yeah i, I suppose i do in a way uh, i mean i do like to um because i i stream on twitch and, and stuff like that and i do like right. one manager and uh obviously my my community on my discord and my twitch obviously they know i'm a commentator you know it's like the elephant in the room every time i'm broadcasting so mm, you know yeah. it, it would be rude of me not to say commentate the start of the of the f1 manager race that i'm doing or something and just <laughs> and then upload it to tiktok you know i mean i mean it's just it's, it's a hash thing that you you put together but it is well, some some form of practice at the same time yeah, I, and, uh, you know i see it the same as like going in the backyard and throwing with your mates or something like that to practice football or, or exactly kicking right. around a ball yeah. on 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 a school field, you know, just you got to keep yourself sharp. And, you you know, for me, if I was to ever commentate, I'd have to have like a map up of all the turn names and all the turn numbers and everything. And, you know, I'd have to play it scientifically so that I'd, mm. I'd remember everything. But uh, that's speaking a must, of, actually. That, that, that's a must because uh, notes are, are vital. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's that's I mean, I always put hours and days of preparation in before I fly anywhere and, and cover anything. So how do you yeah. remember all the turns of all the tracks? And do you just every single time you go to a new one or commentate a new one, you have to just refresh yourself each time or I think it's just the amount of times I've done it in league racing. Like um the, okay. there's the, not very many circuits that I that I've been to this year that I haven't already commentated on in like PSGL or WOR or something like that. Like um That makes sense. You, you know. I, I I mean I take a track map with corner names on it just in case I have a blank moment or or just in case, you know, the, the brain stops working for a, for a couple of seconds or something. Of but, course. You know, but generally it's 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 not needed. Like I put it up on the wall and you know, I might not even look at it. You know, so you've just wasted three days of research. It's the and, the uh, magic. You know. Um, th what's the statement? 
better to have it and not need it than need it and yeah. not have it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're only as you're only as good as your preparation. And um, true. You know, and at the same time, you know, I I wouldn't want to be committed to a championship as such that that obviously I'm I'm excited to do you know and and not give it my best effort you know I'd, mm-hmm. I'd want to you know I'd want to try and you know not only bolster you know my the perception of my work but also the the championship as well because the the broadcast is a reflection of the championship so you've you've got to it's a lot of pressure but at the same time if you if you put the working and work in and the effort and the and the and the prep should I say you know then it's it's you know it makes it more valuable makes it more entertaining so uh, you yeah. know that's very important to me yeah so here's a question george some people will say that there's no such thing as a boring race that there's always something going on the field that you could talk about but we all know that there is such a thing as a boring race what do you do if sadly you come across a boring race and you're struggling to find things to to talk about there's always something to talk about. Um, when, when, I, I don't fall for any of that. Um, I, I mean, the thing is, a race is what... A thing with thing with a race, right? I mean, when people say it's a boring race and there's, you know, not many overtakes, you, you've got to extrapolate the, the level of detail in the race as well. Maybe talk about some of the driver's histories too. There's always something to talk about. You know, the strategies, the tyres, anything. Um, I mean, we had a, a situation. Obviously, Euro Formula this year, we we struggled a little bit on the grid sizes. Um, we had a, we had Van Amersfoort pull out midway through. DriveX, you know, had a reduced number of cars towards the end of the season, um, and uh, there were quite a few occasions where we had you know six to ten cars. But the racing was was always brilliant. Like we always had battles around every corner. We we had a few scary moments, like when Christian Mansell, Christian Mansell's car tipped over uh, at. Uh, Monza uh, after a little bit of contact with Francesco Simonazzi but um, the, the racing in itself was spectacular and um, you know and I and I think I said to someone in the TikTok they said um, you know not very many cars not very exciting is it and I said well the number of cars doesn't really dictate as to how exciting the racing actually is if anything I would say the drivers probably have the ability to risk more in a small field mm. therefore it, 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 it makes them you know, it makes them go for those, you know, really bold moves or, or, or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't believe in that whole thing. I think there's always a way. I mean, if you're a, if you're a good commentator, and I think if you enjoy and, you, and you're passionate about something, you'll have no problem making it exciting. And I think, and the audience are really smart too. And and I think, just based off your passion, I think the audience can feel your passion. They they'll know if you're being real or not. And um, mm. that I've noticed that the audience are very smart, and they 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 know, you know, if if I'm excited, you know, because they they'll get <laughs> in on it too, and they'll 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 be just as crazy as I am. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's sort of it's like for like in that sense, I think. Mm. So. And have you found the real world of uh, to to coin a horrible phrase, the traditional motorsport, real world motorsport, physically going to the track, standing in a commentary box? being able to go and physically meet the drivers before or after the race, if indeed that, that's been possible in the past. How have you found that transition? Uh, brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Actually, the first day I, I went there, I actually walked the, the track at Estoril. Um, Estoril is, is the first circuit I have ever been to. Um, and it's also the first circuit that I've ever commentated at. And it mm. will always hold uh, an important place with me. 
uh, or an important position with me. Um, uh, and the drivers this season in like Euro Formula and GT Open and GT Cup have been absolutely brilliant. Frecker as well, because obviously I did two races with, with Formula Regional European Championship, uh, which was amazing. Um, uh, you know, Valentino Rossi came into the media center while I was in there too. Um, you know, he literally sat behind me. All of a sudden, I could hear this microphone and I could hear Valentino Rossi's voice. And I was just turning around. I was like, oh, it's Valentino Rossi. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was that was that was interesting. Uh, but yeah. And also I, I got given this this special gift as well um, from uh, a young driver called Ollie Goethe. And his and his driver coach, Stuart Hall, uh, which is basically the Rothko collection. It's like a full book. I haven't actually opened it yet, so you know I'm I'm actually a bit nervous about taking it out. But yeah, oh, they wow. they presented me with this with this gift, and um, basically, um, Roll Goethe, who is the who is Ollie's father, uh, he owns uh, a museum in um, in Hampshire, uh, which is uh, a collection of cars that have the famous golf livery, and uh, they date all the way back from the 1950s, 60s. I think the 1960s mainly, but. Uh, yeah, for instance, like the Golf McLaren, you would have seen at Monaco last last season, and and things like that. And um, they they honestly they they were back in the commentary from the word go, and um, they said, you know, if ever you you know want to come down and see the cars, you've got a personal invite from us, and we'll we'll personally take you around. You know, you're you're always invited. You know, whenever wow. you want. And uh, you know, I got to meet loads of great talents as well. I got to meet Juan Pablo Montoya. He was uh, a really nice guy to meet. Uh, Rubens Barrichello was a f frequent member of the paddock uh, as well. And um, just an amazing experience, honestly. And I, I loved every minute of it. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you're watching another, so you're just, you know, at your house watching an F1 race or watching whatever race and someone else is commentating, is it kind of like a sport to you? Because I was a baseball player for 19 years of my life. So when I watch baseball, I'm critical of some of the decisions that they make or the things that they're doing. And if I played the position, of course, they're the professionals and not me on the couch is like, why would you do that? You know, do you, <laughs> when you're watching other commentators go, well, I don't know if I would have said that. I would have probably went with this angle. Or is it almost like they're the athletes in your mind at some points in time during the races? I could see why that might come across and obviously we're in the same profession and like you say obviously there's you know everyone's chasing the job you know I mean obviously my ambition would be to be the Formula One commentator you know that's obviously mm -hmm. where I would like to be um, you know who wouldn't you know uh, that, that's my attitude but I mean for instance today I was watching the the GT Cup sprint um, for the motorsport games on uh, Sky Sports F1 and uh, David Addison and John Watson who I've who I've met they were both in the commentary box but I mean I never have those thoughts if I'm honest really? I never I no I, I never do um I mean when I when I was sat there I was just taking an interest in the racing uh, there were a few drivers uh, racing in that uh, that were competing in the international GT Open this season so I was you know sort of backing those guys cuz obviously I I've been commentating them on them all year long and I I'm you know, I know them and I get on with them really well. So I was hoping that they would do well. Um, but uh, no, I, I I mean, I enjoy listening to the likes of David Addison, John Watson. And what you've got to remember as well is that everyone is unique. Um, you know, it's all well and good mm -hmm. me criticizing David Addison or, or whoever, David Croft or Alex Jakes. But to be truthful, it, it wouldn't make any logical sense for me to do that. Um, uh, mainly because we're all different. We have different styles. We we say things differently. We we come across differently, and I think that's what makes us 
great. I think that's what makes us individuals. Like, and and that's what makes certain people, I think, warm to, you know, different commentators as well as they have these unique styles and unique ways of, you know, making right. things seem and and coming across. So no, I don't think I would ever criticize anybody uh, as such. I I think um, I would I I would I'd learn. Um, yeah, I was gonna I mean, ask I, if I, on yeah, the opposite yeah. foot. Do you ever like? pick up things and go, oh, that's a really good idea of, or something to say about XYZ driver or, or you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Absolutely, Chris. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, honestly, I, I, I sit there and I'll, I'll take in what they're saying. And uh, if there's something that I can I can amend or, or bring to my offering as a commentator, then I will, you know, if I, if I think it sounds great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like I said to you earlier in, in, in the show, it's every day has been a learning experience, you know, whether it be branding, whether it be, the actual role of being a commentator, whether it be how you, you know, position yourself socially, regardless of anything, you know, just everything's a, a learning day. And I, and I think that's why I love the job, because there's always something new to learn. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's a real perk, I think, certainly with this with this position. That's neat. I always think that commentators have the best job, because essentially, a commentator is a professional fan. I could see where you're getting that from. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of have to be, you have to be the best, you have to be the biggest fan, right? You have to know everything about well, the series and you have to have the enthusiasm hmm. and the passion to be able to watch it and then create a storyline. Or not create, but portray yeah. the storyline. And in no, order Netflix to do that, the you only have one that create storylines out of uh, out of things. Uh, yeah, oh, I, d- I don't. Yeah, think, sorry, I, I'll dispute. I'll dispute the whole fan idea, though. I mean, I I don't think you need to be. I don't think you need to be a fan to tell a story. Um, I, I think I think if uh, I think being a great storyteller helps. I think I think being a good narrator helps uh, essentially. You know, you you know, it, it is entertainment as much as sport. Uh, you know, the fact the fact you know, at the end of the day, and there was an old phrase that Murray Walker used to use. You know, we're there to inform and entertain. That is what we're there to do. And you know what? He's absolutely right. That is part part and parcel of the job. Um, so you know, I mean, what I enjoy is the racing. So I I am like the the normal viewer at home watching on TV, but my job is to, you know, say what I'm thinking when I'm when I'm watching, you know, say this and and then if if the person at home feels the same way as I do, then obviously they're going to go along with it and yeah and get excited about it. But um, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily a, a a fan side of it. I mean, obviously we're we're all fans of motorsport and and, and fans of motor racing, but um, no, I think. Um, you get on board with it you you get yourself you get yourself into the intensity into the uh into the aura of of what's going on and and it just it just for me it just takes me away i just you know it, it's almost like a it's almost like you, an out of body situation yeah you know, like you know it just <laughs> it just sort of happens for me i just i don't even know what i'm doing half the time <laughs> so you know you just are, you, you just go <laughs> are there any tracks <clears throat> where you know that you have to commentate for the X track and you just don't like that track at all. So it's almost like a, Oh man, I have to do this one again. Is there I, any I track? Really? I know. I know. No I tracks don't. where you just, I, you're like, Oh, love this every, is going to be a boring one. I love every track. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe on the formula one side, I mean, do you know, I thought this was going to be a problem for me this year because obviously, I mean, I've been, I've commentated Monaco, twice now i mean i'm going to say com- uh, commentated on a monaco race once this year mm-hmm. obviously with frecker but 
I mean, obviously, I was I was there with the Sim Racing World Cup, but um, obviously Monaco is is a very much a, what I would call a marmite marmite circuit. You know, you either love it or you hate it. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, I thought it that it would be difficult, and don't get me wrong, we didn't have I would say a classic racing frecker. In fact, we had a red flag that went on for the best part of most of the the racing, but uh, just just being on a broadcast for a Monaco race was was incredible. Um, being there and witnessing it firsthand when I was there only recently, a couple, you know, obviously a week or so ago, uh, you know, again, I, I don't <coughs> think I could say anything against the circuit. I really don't think I could. Um, I think my perception really changed when I, when I went to see it. I, I, I think, I think to be honest, sometimes I think a lot of tracks get, a, you know, a bit of a, a hard deal sometimes. I, I don't think, I don't think really, I think the public ought to build an opinion based on what they see in person, I think, as opposed to what they see on TV. Yeah, well, that's an interesting take there because, like, Monaco, sitting on your couch, you're like, okay, this is kind of a a bleh race. But when you're at the circuit and you're standing there and all the craziness is happening, there is no way for it to be boring because you're surrounded by F1 and the fans and just the aura of the, the event. Yeah. Whereas you're on your couch, you're like, okay, another commercial break. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously everyone everyone keeps saying, you know, why is it still on the Formula One calendar? Uh, you know, and, and do you know what? When I went there this year, I, I suddenly realized, you know what? I totally understand why they keep it on the calendar. I totally yeah. understand. And and do you know what? Now, if, if they ever said that it's up for question, I, I would stand by and say, look, no, Monaco has to stay. Um, because, uh, I mean, it is it is brilliant. There's a lot of heritage, a lot of history. You know, Monaco has fully embraced Formula One uh, as mm. as its as its culture. Um, you know, the statues, the uh, you know the you got the Prince Albert's Museum full of cars. You know, absolutely covered in cars. I took so many pictures; it was unbelievable. You know, it's uh, you know I got to see Kimi Raikkonen's Lotus. There was Lewis Hamilton's first ever Mercedes that he drove in. There was I I was I stood right next to uh, Etten Senna's helmet that he that he that he wore at Monaco when he when he pulled off that blistering lap um, that that, yeah. that we watched time and time again, you know, and and it's you could see the stone chips on the helmet, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's like you know it's incredible, um, you know, and it it did send chills up your spine, you know, what am I doing here? Do you know what I mean? At this at this amazing track with with so much history, and and you stand outside the Casino Monte Carlo and. You know, you could, you could just see everything is is totally built on the fact that the Monaco Grand Prix is held there, and it is sensational. and And for me, it has to stay now. My my perception on it has totally changed over the years. Well, Tom, it sounds like we have to go and experience it. So I would, yeah, we should probably get that down. Take that off the list. Just well, I mean, it's it's abundantly clear that you have a deep deep-rooted passion for for motorsports and racing and you know that's coming across as you're talking about monaco but you also have a very deep-rooted passion from what i can glean for league racing something yeah. you know it's, it was a big part of your your early days as a, as a commentator and you became a bit of a, a figurehead for for league racing how important do you think league racing is to uh sim racing as an esport and then as a vessel into motorsport generally in terms of its future and and for it to stay, um, in in terms of it needing to grow, uh, I think I think league racing is imperative. Um, I I think really it needs to be embraced. Uh, I think 
I think there's been a lot, lots of inroads being made. I think it, you know in recent times, and 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 certainly we did struggle in the early days. Uh, I think quite a lot to to bridge the gap between you know esports and league racing. Um, but I think I think the guys in esports, I don't think they truly understood it. Um, to be truthful, I I don't think. But like back <coughs> when I was doing league racing, I was I was obviously you know quite vocal as to you know the importance of of league racing um to to the public and to the community and and to esports itself you know not that they might not have realized it at the time but it is imperative i mean lots of the the, the current talents you're seeing in f1 esports were all born out of league racing I, I mean i can't name a single driver on that grid that hasn't league raced in psgl or or aor or or, or any of that you know so it's I mean, if you look at the original grid in uh, in uh, F1 esports, that was all league races. So it, they, it it would be very foolish to to continue and say you, you know we don't need league racing. You know that's that's totally the opposite of, of where it needs to go. Um, PSGL is is now you know established itself as one of the the biggest leagues in the world, if not the biggest league in the world for for Formula One, and um, you know regularly hitting views of you know when I was commentating it was sixty thousand after a week. Um, and then, you know, you'd get like, say, 70, 75,000, um, you know, we'd have our own fan base, you know, people would, would get excited and, 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 you know, people would be buzzing, you know, when, when you put the stream up, um, for, for the, like next week's PSGL race, you'd have people in the live chat already talking about who's going to win. <laughs> I mean, uh, how cool is that? That I is mean, amazing. That, that, is, that is cool. I mean, you've, you've, you've essentially built something. You know, like people talk about Formula One, like the Mexican Grand Prix the week before it actually happens. You know, we've got people talking about PSGL the same way. Um, but do you know what? It's it's great. And I think um, F1 Esports has benefited off it because these drivers get followed from league racing, like Thomas Ronha now, who has now become uh, one of the great talents at Haas um, F1 Esports and, and has now, um, you know, positioned himself as one of the contenders for the championship. Uh, you know, has been sensationally quick. But, you know, for me, that wasn't a shock because I, I saw him in PSGL and, and WR and I knew that he was one to watch and he's proven me right and, and many others right too. So, yeah, it's great. And I, I think I think there's a bright future for league racing. And, and I think it's um, it's great to see that F1 Esports in itself and, it, you know, not just F1 Esports, but various esports organizations are taking notes and, uh, <coughs> and, and starting to use it to their benefit. I think... The cool part about that is like, let's say I'm part of a league and there's just this one elite driver that moves on to another league and then another league and then gets on to some professional esports team, right? It's almost like following a footballer through an academy. Like you, you see them in their infancy, if you will, and then you get to watch them all the way through when they get to the big leagues and they're on the big stage and you're like, oh, I've been a fan of that person or I raced with that person before all of this happened so you almost feel that that bigger connection to the driver than you would yeah. if you just like stumbled upon them in their first race in an f1 race you know it's yeah absolutely it's, do you know what we, we can talk about max verstappen and and about his junior career and and say look you know this 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 guy was in formula renault and and jumped all the way up straight up to formula one you know skipped a couple of eras <laughs> in his junior career but you know people could see he was special and and then all of a sudden he becomes this Formula One driver, you know, that's uh, the the best in the world, world champion, now a two-time world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'm seeing young kids now, young drivers such as um, Dina Boganovic, who has just been crowned the the uh, Formula Regional European Championship 
uh, Drivers' Champion. You've got uh, Andrea Kimi Antoinelli now, who's just been announced as uh, Freca driver for Prima, uh, who uh, has just won the Italian F4 Championship. I fully believe that he will become a great Formula One driver, maybe even a world champion in the future. And uh, we, we, you know, we've got, you know, you can you can easily see these young talents coming through. And and the great thing is about league racing, you you can also use it, as I said before, in the same way. Look at the young drivers coming through in the top flights of PSGL or WOR, and you can say, yes, that is going to be uh, an F1 esports driver in a year's time. I mean, some of them are 14, 15 years of age and beating your Jana Watmirs or your Nicholas Longays or your Freddie Rasmussens. You know, it's it's, it's before they can legally drive on a road. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's it is brilliant. And again, it it creates great story and 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 great narrative. And uh, it's so. it's great because you know the fans of the leagues can then tune in and say, oh yeah, do you remember that time at uh, PSGL Canada? You know when you know Barry Burrowman uh, lost uh, to Yana Watmir, or when you know Thomas Ronha won at Portimao, and and things like that. It's it's just brilliant. You know this this is these are the sort of conversations we can have. You know. I think the the sim racing world, I was, you know, because every sim Sunday, my whole mind is just all sim racing the entire morning. And the opportunities that are out there for drivers, commentators, league managers, just there's so many different avenues in sim racing right now that can, I don't I don't want to say like make your dreams come true, but like you can build a career off of. Uh, we, we've talked to Jeff McConey, who is McConey Setup Shop, right? And he was talking about how the setups that they're making, they're talking to real race engineers about how they relate in the real world because the simulators are so accurate now. So you can start to build setups and then you can kind of get yourself into the world of being in the garage if you wanted to. You being a commentator, you can get on the big stage as, as you've done. As a driver, we've seen a bunch of different drivers go through different things. Uh, I follow Jimmy Broadbent kind of loosely. You know, yeah, yeah. his team Break won. Up. They got they got the championship just recently, and he was just a a sim racer for for the longest time. It, the he the won opportunities the Cars championship, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the opportunities yeah, is, that are out there for sim racing are just expensive. so many. And mm. I said it a little bit, but it reminds me of when Twitch was like first starting. You know, we look back now and we're like, man, you know, if I would have just started streaming on Twitch back when it was when it was teeny tiny, who knows what would be happening now? And we're kind of in that the beginning phases in sim racing to where I don't think people should overlook this stuff. They need to look at the opportunities, make a plan and, and really kind of, I mean, do what you did if if you're slow on the track, just switch to the mic and then you'll be good. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, what I will say is this. I mean, it's you, you've got to, I think the one the one thing I will say, and I, and I get a lot of people who message me on, on social media and they'll they'll say, you know, I really want to be a commentator or, or I really want to do this. And, and I'll just say to them, just do it. Just do it. If you really want to do it. Just, just do it, you know. And mm -hmm. the what the one thing the one thing with me is that I never had plans to go full time. Never had plans to be a professional. Never had plans to be, you know, uh, someone who was doing this for a living uh, or or become a professional commentator. You know, I used to live to come home from work, get, you know, log on to my PC, commentate for PSGL. You know that that was that was great. You know, if I if that was me for the next. 
I don't know, 20, 30, for how many years I can do it, then that that would be, you know, what I would do. I mean, had had things not gone the way they had and my, my schedule become so busy to the point where I can't do it anymore, I'd probably still be doing PSGL right now. But it's what i would suggest what i would say is if you've actually got a passion for it and you and you do enjoy it then you won't have a problem stepping up onto the microphone and doing it it is it is as simple as that um i i do worry from time to time that i think people look at these opportunities that people get and and maybe do it for the wrong reasons sure and uh, you've got to enjoy what you do uh, that is the big secret it's no good getting into something and then you know discovering oh you know this isn't for me um you know, the best thing you can do is, is literally, as you say, just get involved in the community, have a go. If you don't enjoy it, just don't do it. Then if move you, on. If you really don't enjoy it, so yeah. you can move on. Yeah, yeah. Find something else that you, you know, you're passionate about or creative in. You know, that's that's what these communities are all about. And uh, you know, I've I've been very fortunate to have the chance to 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 do this. And you know, I'm sure there'll be many many more in the future as well. Yeah. I mean, you haven't. You haven't fallen into this. It's that, you know, you didn't you didn't end up in Monaco by accident. You know, there's a there's a huge well, maybe, amount you know, of work. Slipped on a banana and you just fell in. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my my point is that it, you know you didn't decide last month that you want to be a commentator. You put in it, it, a huge amount of groundwork and you kind of yeah. proved proved your genuine passion beyond any reasonable doubt, which which was which didn't go unnoticed by. F1 or Gfinity or Freckard when you got called up for those um, for those jobs. So you know, t- taking that into account, like what's what's next for you? Like what's you know, you're obviously committed to this path now, right? So what's uh, where 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 could you see this going? Well, good question, Tom. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I I don't truthfully know. Uh, I mean, the opportunities are endless. I think that's the beauty of the job. Like um, I, I discovered this year that anything can happen. Um, because I had no idea coming into this. Like, uh, obviously, I signed to loudspeaker back in uh, September last year, and um, which was a great moment for me. I signed a three-year deal with them. Um, essentially, it was like a, a, a contract agreement of three years, and um, they um, basically managed my my career, and they and they've been brilliant. They they've supported me. Uh, and backed me, and and they're very experienced people. Gemma Scott, who is um, a presenter for the uh, GT World Challenge and uh, all of that, she she's very experienced at what she does. She she understands the the industry. She knows the the business, and she's provided me with a lot of advice and and helpful feedback. Louise Beckett as well, who is the uh, presenter for the uh, FIA WEC, so the World Endurance Championship, and and various other <coughs> things as well. Uh, they're currently both do they're both at the motorsport games at the moment doing um, presenting for that too at the moment and uh, they were the ones who they, they you know we we set up a meeting last year and 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 sort of discussed you know what I was all about and and they said yeah you know we watched your stuff you know we can see a, a real future in it and I was like well you know I thought give it a shot you know who knows and so I agreed you know we we put the agreement in place. All of a sudden, they turned up and said, "Right, George, we got a meeting with the International GT Open, GT Sport. Um, they want you as commentator." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "So okay." <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so when that happened, did you just have your stuff on your YouTube from your league racing days, or it was all I, well? I had no real life stuff. 
um, like none of my stuff is real life. This is this is me talking to a real life championship with no real life experience of commentating a real life race. Uh, this was me stepping up with a with an esports show reel, uh, full of PSGL content. Uh, I did a virtual. I did two virtual twenty four hour of Barcelona races, um, which I which I put on there, and I also did some stuff with Veloce, like the squad sprint, and I did. Um, uh, I also did some other stuff with with different sim championships such as bco and and um race spot and loads of different companies you know who were who were really pushing esports so yeah i had nothing to show for any real life commentary so it was very much you know here's the sim racing show reel i've got what do you think and they were yeah. taking a huge risk they took they took a huge risk you know uh, but you know at the same time uh, you know to me I, I thought if I can present myself the same way in a real life capacity as I do in a sim racing capacity, then we're not taking a risk. I said, look, we're we're, we're doing something. This is going to work. I, I was convincing myself this is going to work, and we and we had a meeting. I, I came across and answered every question they had. Um, after I left the meeting, and it was just my agent and the and the company, and uh, all of a sudden I got told I I got the role, and uh, I got mm. I got. I was their commentator at that point. So that was a, gr a big moment for me. Like the world stopped turning at that point for me. I was like, wow, okay, yeah. we've, we've done it, you know? So, yeah. That's a pretty big, it's like, it's like being in the negotiation room trying to get a contract for football. And then they're like, yeah, you got it. And I can just yeah. imagine the emotional, like wave of excitement that came through and you're just like, wow, yeah. I, I, I won't I even go it. into I won't even go into when I got offered to do F1 esports this year because that that was that 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 was that was another one altogether. Like I actually stopped breathing. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that that was that was that was surreal. Um, I was actually in a in an airport in um, in Vienna, uh, waiting to fly back from Red Bull Ring, and I had a text come through. And uh, it was did you do one of those classic movie moments? Yes, and everyone looks at you in the airport. Well, I was curious. I don't know how they got. Well, it was kind of like that, yeah. That, like I had people around me wondering what the hell was wrong with me. I mean, I was just sat there. I, just sat there and I was, I was sat there in the chair, and I was like this, hyperventilating. Like, and people looking at me, saying, "What is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> and I was there, and I was like, "Shit!" You know, I'm gonna have to. Sorry for swearing, but yeah, I'm, just, I'm gonna have to make a phone call. And um, yeah, just uh, I, literally, I had a, I had a text from. Someone I had no idea how they got my number in the first place, and um, wow. and and they had this message, you know, we want you for F1 esports. Um, you're going to step in for Alex Jakes, and um, and and I was like, wow, big shoes to fill, um, and uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you know that that was a bit surreal. I ended up phoning up my agent, and um, you know, the funny thing was, they said, are you available? I said, uh, yeah, kind of. I am about to board a flight, so I'm going to pass you over to my agent to sort it out <laughs> i said to her so i thought oh crikey you know this is it's a bit it's a bit mad so i i um, phoned up Gemma and she was like oh well done george and all that she was very excited and happy for me and uh, i phoned my phone my girlfriend my fiance as well she 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 got very excited and she was like oh my god you know and um yeah it was a crazy moment and uh it, and do you know what that but back when i was doing psgl the one that the major dream i had at that point was I wanted to commentate F1 esports, and uh, and I'd finally done it, so that was quite a big moment, to to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing.
So what is what is the next goal? Do you have since you got to cross off that F one esports one? What's the next one that gets the circle? Well, I I think it's yeah it goes without saying. I mean, obviously I've crossed off esports. You know, F one esports. I'm I'm commentating real life motorsport now. Uh, the 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 goal for me now is is to be a Formula One commentator. Oh okay. Um, so that that's the next goal. Um, you know, I I I think the it's the next logical step for me. Um, so it's, you know, I'm, I, I mean, obviously I, I, I love motorsport regardless. Um, but, uh, obviously to, to hit the heights and, and do what, you know, my hero Murray Walker did, um, for, for so long, I, I think would be amazing, you know, to, to have that opportunity. So yeah, we'll, we'll be pushing for that, I think. So. That'll be very cool. I'll be watching F1 TV one day and be like, he was on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, this is a crazy world we live in. Anything can happen. You know, dreams can come true. Um, I mean, I, I never fathom doing any of what I'm doing right now at all. Um, so to, to, to have an opportunity like that would be would be superb and, and, and obviously uh, a dream come true. So, you know, I think you've got to have goals in life. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, and I, I think regardless if you hit them or not, you can say you've had a go and you've you know, you've given it your best, and you know, you, you, end of the day, you've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? So that's the yeah, that's the I way. I mean, it goes. you are you definitely you definitely you def you definitely in it. You've had some pretty incredible experiences, been to some incredible places. You've also commentated with some really interesting people, right? And you've been to Quality. some iconic races. So, what would be your standout like pinch me? moment like how the hell am i here is this really happening is this a dream is there one or maybe two two that stand out to you well i think i think monaco is obviously up there i mean that that was bizarre um i i think spa was quite a surreal moment um because obviously i've i'd seen spa on tv since 96 and mm. you know since i was a kid all of a sudden turning up and there's o rouge and radion mm. and uh you know that was that was pretty surreal um, I'm trying to think of others. I mean, I I was I was quite. It was quite cool going to Spain to go to Barcelona. Uh, that was that was quite a nice one to go to as well. Red Bull Ring was stunning. I loved Red okay. Bull Ring. I I thought that was great. It's like one of the modern, the most modern um, media centers out there, and the amount of work they've done to that track is is unbelievable. I mean, they they reopened it back in 2011, and they've done all the the modernization. There's like you know, Red Bull cars in the lobby of the of the building and it's it is stunning to, to go to and set in the heart of the Styrian Mountains, which is uh just amazing to see. And I'd highly recommend anyone to go to that because it'll knock your socks off straight away. And I don't think there is a bad hotel around there either. It's it's <laughs> it's sensational. Like the every everywhere you go it's just amazing. Um you've got like a postcard view out of every window. It's just stunning. But uh yeah, no, I'd say those places are quite surreal. Abu Dhabi was was quite neat. I got I got to drive mm -hmm. on the Asmarina circuit, uh, which was That's a lot of fun. Cool. I got I got to drive a Caterham around the track. I, I managed to I actually beat Hayden Gullis as well, as as hey. much as he wouldn't admit it. He, he doesn't like to admit it, but uh, <laughs> I I, overt I overtook him coming out of turn five, where Verstappen overtook Hamilton for the World Championship last year. Um, nice. And, uh, <laughs> I, I I haven't let Hayden live it down to be honest. Um, but yeah, that that was a cool cool experience and uh yeah abu dhabi was was quite something yeah 
And how about co-commentators? You, you know, all these different races, all these different series, you must get thrown in with different co-commentators quite often. How do you adapt to to their different styles and different techniques? And which which co-commentator have you been stood next to and it's been like, wow, I'm I'm with I'm with this person. They've done all of yeah. this. Like, how how has this happened? Yeah, I mean, I I I mean, I've I've worked with a numerous amount of commentators and, and all good commentators as well in their own right and everyone everyone is so different uh when you work with them i mean uh, the, i think the craziest partnership i've ever had was when arav was was my co-commentator for the microsoft gp with mm. veloce that was pretty crazy that's very cool <laughs> uh, that, that was that was that was amazing um uh, i've i've obviously worked with matt gallagher uh, with f1 esports that was that was quite something too um and uh, obviously Ian Salvestrin, who, who commentates uh, Italian F4. Um, I've commentated with Adam Weller as well, who is a, a very, uh, you know, a very busy GT commentator. He's and, and a very young commentator as well. He actually started at mm. the tender age of 13 and 14 years old. He he was thrown into the into the deep end with commentary. And uh, you know, wow. it was great Adam to meet is him. Uh, Adam is inspirational. He's very yeah, very yeah. funny. He he actually uh, he commentated on our uh, enduro car race at Stetterton, so I was lucky enough to meet him. Yeah. Meet him there, and he was. He's a real character. He's, uh, honestly, he's a character. A real... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so friendly. Like we, yeah, he is really friendly. We we used to have a lot of fun. Um, we you know just you know just walking around the paddock and have a laugh with the drivers, and it was it was it was great. Uh, I've I've done a lot of traveling with Chris McCarthy as well, um, because obviously we sh- we share the same agency. And um, you know, myself and Chris uh, are very, very good friends, and we get on. I've met Paul Jeffrey as well, who does the TCR uh, as well. And uh, I also met, um, I've you know, met met countless names uh, through through my travels. Um, Chaz Draycott, who, who does esports commentary too, and uh, big fan does of Chaz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does uh, Gran Turismo content, and he's been doing stuff with uh, like trucks, truck racing, and. And Renault Clio Cup, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. Alex Jakes drops me a message uh, quite a bit, so <laughs> I, I get to speak to Alex, and yeah, he's a uh, he's a really nice guy. He was really supportive of me, and uh, you know, he's, he he was straight up with me. He said, "Any questions you have, just don't hesitate to ask." He said, um, and uh, I, I quite like that. He was a he was a very helpful human being when I when I got started. So when you <clears throat> when you go into a booth or you're on a stream with another commentator and let's say you or them is the more seasoned vet. Is there like an unspoken or even spoken agreement between who's like the lead commentator versus who's like the backup commentator? Are there roles like that when you're, when you're with another presenter? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I think you, you sort of go with the flow with it really. I mean, when I, when I first walked into the international GT open, I was very conscious that it was my first, my first time uh, in a, in a commentary box for a, for a you know a real life championship. So I I didn't want to put myself into a position where I would throw myself in the deep end, um, you know, because you've got to be conscious of the fact you know regardless of what you've done in in sim racing, uh, effectively you're starting from square one at this point. And mm-hmm. and I thought you know I'm I'm there to learn uh, as much as I am there to 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 obviously show what I can do. So uh, I when I, when I started working with Adam. Uh, with GT Open at the start th- at the start of the season, I, I was very conscious of letting him start and get, and get the ball rolling, just so I could find my feet, and and get, you know, which didn't take too long to be quite honest. I think after the okay. 
first broadcast, I think I felt that I could probably have done it comfortably from from the word go. But I mean, it would still, I I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize the show. Sure. Um, so I thought I I thought look let's let's take it a step at a time. You know, uh, obviously Adam uh, went off to do like GT Masters and things like that after, so it it put me in a position to take over the show then when he left. So uh, when Ian Salvestrin came in, Ian took position of the number two and and i did the the number one role um, okay. so to the end of the season then it gave me an opportunity to to lead the broadcast so uh yeah it was it was a good it was a good way of doing it i think just sort of find your feet get stuck <coughs> into it sure for the rest of the season i was able to really sink my teeth into it i mean i've led i've led a few broadcasts now for different championships i mean frecker i led as well, when Chris wasn't available, because you only have one commentator for for Frecker, so you don't have anyone alongside you. So, you you lead that commentary from start to finish, um, you know, which is obviously, again, a lot of pressure, a different yeah. situation to place yourself in. I hadn't done a lot uh, on my own in the past, um, so you know, obviously taking the reins of Frecker was was extraordinary. And the first time I did it was was obviously the weekend of the twenty four hour spa. So that that was quite something <laughs> too so but yeah no it's it's all a learning curve like i said before it's yeah. uh, important to learn and adapt every day really well we've been lucky enough on this podcast to have uh, a few commentators uh, so we've had uh, yourself and we had paul jeffrey and we've had chris buxton we also had alex goldschmidt uh, on the show who's just asked us a question uh for you saying how's it been with international duty open this season doing sports cars specifically it's been really enjoyable, um, and I've loved it. And in fact, it's 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 enhanced my knowledge and understanding of of that sort of racing because obviously, when you grow up, and and from a young age back in the nineties, there there wasn't a plethora of opportunities to watch GT threes or sports cars. I mean, everything was Formula One. You could watch touring car, you know, back back in the day because uh, that was on that was on television, um, right. and. Um, you know, so this was, I mean, obviously I played a set of course of com- competizioni prior to uh, obvi- obviously commentating the GT Open, but I, I hadn't been exposed to it like I had been to Formula One. So it was very much a learning curve for me. Um, but stepping into it, um, I very quickly got into the into the whole craze of it and then, you know, sort of <laughs> meeting the drivers and, and uh, you know, you, you very quickly understand how, how amazing it really is and and the, and the amount of jeopardy that's on the line too because you've got the yeah obviously it, it's in pit stops you've got the driver changes the, the driver comes out driver steps in you know if if there's any delay in the pit stop time it could be the difference between winning or losing a race much like formula one and it's it's so easy to get wrapped in all the, wrapped up in all the drama of it like we had a we had a great moment towards the end of the season in fact the last race of the season where the championship was on the line it was the optimum motorsport mclaren and and the Lamborghini, and the Lamborghini, because they'd done so well the, the day prior, they had a 10-second handicap uh, coming into <laughs> the final race that they had to serve in the penalty. They had to serve in the pit lane um, when they do their stop. So they led all the way, and and obviously the McLaren that was just just below 10 seconds behind them, uh, obviously came in for their pit stop as well. Actually jumped them in the pit stop phase, okay. and. Uh, and, and there was eight points difference between them in the championship, obviously in favour of the Lamborghini. But obviously, because Joe Osborne, who is an experienced British GT driver, stepped in the McLaren, he literally flew out of the out of the pit lane and and was going for the, well, literally trying to 
claim the championship. Obviously, he didn't succeed in the end, but it was amazing to have that jeopardy. And we were able to draw on that as a storyline as such. And, and, and really, and the audience were like, wow, you know, this, this could be this could be quite something you know so it's it's great when you've got those moments and and you know it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's enough to get you know to get anyone excited about a, a race you know so there's essentially an unlimited different number of classifications of cars is there is, is there only a set grouping of cars or type of racing that you will commentate or are you kind of open to everything and you'll just hop in and see how it goes I, I'm well. Racing for me is racing. Uh, I mean, it's it's comp you know it's competitive action. I mean, it's no different than when I was doing esports. I mean, I was do I was covering Formula One. I was covering ACC, I racing. You know, I was doing absolutely everything. So I mean, I was I was open to to anything and everything. And 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 it's great because again, you learn. You know, you discover new championships, new series, and and you and you research it, and you you meet you'd speak to the drivers, understand their backgrounds, their history, you know, what is their future going to be? And uh, it's it's fascinating and, and really enjoyable. And I would say it's probably one of the most exciting things about the job because, you know, you do learn a lot. And, and I, I just I mean, think I it's just great. Constantly and, uh, picking up new info. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, uh, and, and the racing itself is always great. You know, there's always something to get excited about, new teams and... You know, you might meet the odd legend in the paddock as well that you can speak to. And it's, mm. yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So w you've told us that your sim racing lap times are a little slower. Do you still sim race? I do still sim race, yeah, for my sins. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very good still. Yeah, <laughs> some things never, ch some things never change uh, to come the phrase. But yeah, no, I um, I've been doing, uh, I've been doing some some racing with uh, Symphony of Pistons. Um, okay. I've been I've been in there oh, nice. doing some, yeah, doing some GT3s and uh, on a Wednesday night, um, you know I've I've had a couple of rough uh, rough races. I mean the first one was a bit of a baptism of fire. It was a, a wet race around Kyle Army, and uh, mm. as as someone who tends to spend a lot of his time on ACC in the dry, this was my very first experience <laughs> in the wet, and and the first experience in the wet was in a league race. So I was like. Oh dear, and I didn't come into it very Oof. well prepared either because I I just come back from a from a hectic weekend away. So, um, you know, obviously, obviously stepping into it, it was it was pretty helter skelter. I think I got lapped. I think I think two or three times. So, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a it was a learning curve. But you know, again, I I think everyone has to go through those spells. I think it's just a case of just sticking with it and you know just learning every day. Uh, I'm very fortunate, obviously, to to know a few guys in the sim racing world, and and they can they help me a lot too. And you know, obviously, with setups and and understanding how di different things work, and yeah, no, it's it's good fun. So yeah, it's all about it's all about enjoyment. You mentioned I can't remember if you mentioned it before the stream or on the stream, but you stream on Twitch. Do you yeah, typically yeah. do the sim racing stuff or more commentate commentating stuff? What do you normally do on your channel? Well, I, I love F1 Manager. Um, when okay. that came out, that was that was that was like incredible. That was, when that came out, that was like fourth wall, groundbreaking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is the you know, as someone who used to play the Football Manager games, okay, um, to all of a sudden have F1 Manager was like, you know, basically combining my love of, of Formula One management style games together to create this this wonderful you know new game this new uh unbelievable platform and um right. yeah started doing started doing that commentating over the races and you know on twitch is uh, you know at the same time that's almost the strategies and things like that. 
that almost seems like the perfect game for a commentator to be able to stream You're on Twitch. Right. it's it's perfect honestly i was in love honestly and i i just could not contain my excitement i literally i I, the the very first thing i loaded the save i said right guys we're streaming this (laughs) yeah we're doing this um so yeah i started streaming this on on twitch and then i would um just snip little segments that i would do and stick them on tiktok or instagram and they've they've been quite popular to be fair i think my first clip I managed to get Pierre Gasly to win in an AlphaTauri in season one at Imola. Oh, uh, there were like there were like three nice. safety cars, and uh, I think already I think it's managed to amass like 145,000 hits, I think, or something on TikTok, nice. which was which is pretty crazy. So that was my first viral video. Looks like. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I'm not sure whether it's viral or viral. I think, I think to be viral, I think it's got to be like millions, isn't it, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. But, There's yeah. different levels, yeah. right? I, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah we no, can I call it get, viral. I did get <laughs> a, a million hits. Um, I mean, I didn't personally, but the, the GT Cup Open um, Instagram account, um, obviously they upload segments of my commentary off the the, the streams that we do for for the mm-hmm. International GT Open GT Cup. And we got a million hits on the on the GT Cup commentary. And I, I, remember, I remember walking into the paddock uh, at um, Barcelona and uh, there's a young guy who does social media there called Pablo, and he was so excited, like really excited. He, he came uh-huh. up to me in the paddock and was like, "George, George, come here, come here. We got a million hits." It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, "That's well, very cool." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing when you get those little moments because you can you can celebrate uh, yeah. together with with everyone involved, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. So my question then is when you're not uploading racing to TikTok, not doing racing by doing sim racing, streaming racing by by doing F1 manager or commentating racing by commentating, what 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 do you do? What's what else does George Morgan do when he's not doing anything to do with racing? Well, I got to throw my fiance somewhere in the mix, haven't I? I mean, she's she's she, <laughs> yeah. she does exist. Uh, I think in in, in, in somehow. Um, no, I mean we we've bought a we bought a house this year, um, which which we've been doing up, you know, here in Wales. Congratulations! So I, I, yeah, thank you. Because um, you know we're getting married next year, so that's uh, that's that's obviously congratulations on the, again. The list of priorities. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, that's obviously an exciting exciting moment that that's going to come up for us. Um, but yeah, I've been working a lot on this place, getting it um, fit for purpose. I, I just recently, uh, I've had a, I've been driving a mini digger around here uh, for, the, for the first part of the year, um, sort of landscaping my driveway, knocking down a few walls here and wow. there, so, nice. so I can park my cars in in here and, and things like that. And you know, we got we got a nice view of the Skirid Mountains as well here in, you know, of, you know, in in our property, a li- little bit of, little bit of. Um, garden space and land and you know we can go for walks up the mountains and you know go to the pub or something like that so that's that's always nice but uh yeah my, yeah it's probably the everything. digital detox you need right oh yeah absolutely i i think i what i've come to learn and and you can too much of a good thing can sometimes be unhealthy you know you've got to, you've got to uh step away sometimes and just rest and relax and uh, i do enjoy going out with my friends you know here in you know in 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 wales and um you know having a good time just sort of just relieve that you know don't get me wrong there's never a stressful day when i'm when i'm doing this job but obviously if you're traveling a lot it does it can take its toll you know like anything can so it's it's nice sometimes to just to let your hair down and and just have you know a good night with good friends and family and you know that's that's yeah that's always important <clears throat> yeah we see that a little bit it's kind of interesting when you when you 
nowadays, since we see all the social media and everything like that, Facebook, you know, however you plan on sharing your photos, it's interesting that we get a little bit more of an inside look at some of the celebrities' lives. So, like, when we're hearing you on F1 Esports, we're thinking, oh, it's George Morgan from F1 Esports. And then your friends are just like, oh, that's just George. It's... Yeah, yeah. You're just one yeah, of the guys. I mean, and and sometimes we forget about that, that there's, like, these celebrities have this other normal, like, normal Joe life outside of, yeah, yeah. like, you're doing your yard work just like any normal dude yeah. would do. And I mean... I was told. I was actually told recently. I mean, I've, Stephanie Wentworth, who who is, um, you know, uh, who works with me a lot. You know, we did the the sim racing world cup together in Monaco, and she said, you know, you're gonna have to be prepared for for people to 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 meet you in the in the street and stuff like that. And 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 mm. you know, Gemma said the same as well. My agent, everyone, you know, they they've all said, you know, it can happen. And she she actually asked out of curiosity, is it has anyone ever done that to you yet? And it, it just recently, it's it's starting to happen. I was okay. in Morrison's in my local supermarket uh, the other week, and uh, there was a, a, gu- a guy who stopped me as I was looking in the frozen food section, and uh, <laughs> sort of asking about my travel schedule. Is you know, and I was saying, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm traveling here. And he said, oh, you know, it's brilliant and all that. And then I was in Weatherspoons last night having having a drink with my mates, and there were about f- I was You're painting a glorious <laughs> picture of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had, about, I had, about, I had I, yeah, I know. Well, I, I was in Weatherspoon just having a couple of drinks with my friends, and all of a sudden I had about four guys come round, and they they were they, they were they were coming round and asking me questions, and it was yeah, don't get me wrong, I, you know, it's 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 always nice. They but it was nice actually because they you know they were all dressed up in like halloween costumes like in, there was one guy dressed as a skeleton and another person dressed as a witch or something <laughs> i don't know uh, but yeah we were just talking about formula one about max verstappen we also got talking about andrea kimi antoinelli as well who i, who I think is going to be this next great driver and uh, and stuff like that and yeah it was it's it's quite nice you know because you you can talk about racing to other passionate people who, who enjoy right. sport as well <clears throat> so is that you know, we're you essentially like, just doing the same thing we are exactly the same. In fact, we're just, we're just, say, we're just using the guise of a podcast to cover it up. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. You know, and, and I think I think it's important to be open and I, I'm I'm I, I very I socialise very easily. So, you know, I haven't got a problem speaking to anybody. So it's yeah, it's all good. I wonder if there's ever gonna be that like let's say you do get up to the F one commentary level, right? I wonder if there's ever going to be that tipping point to where you're like, just leave me alone, please. Don't don't even talk to me if you recognize me, kind oh. of a thing, you know. I, I think I think that would be a terrible shame. I think if that ever happened yeah. to me, is it? Right. I think um, I I I think even I would probably be very disappointed in myself. I think if I if I if I if that ever happened to me, because um, I've always been someone like I've grown up as a very uh, people friendly person. Uh, you know, I, I'll talk to anybody, and and I I would never ever consider myself too too important or or too you know oh he's this level type thing i i don't i, I don't believe that i'm above everyone kind of a yeah yeah no to me that's well, it's kind of a topical point actually this weekend because in uh, i think just before we we went onto this podcast i saw a story pop up about the mexican grand prix and uh, mm-hmm. lando norris has, has made a bit of a plea to to fans to be a little bit less intrusive and crowding you know i think there's no other pictures of him getting like crowded as he's trying to walk through the paddock so it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting balance to strike right right yeah i i mean i think i think obviously i i think with those drivers i think it's a different i think it's a different thing because i i i 
there's a lot more at stake, I think, with with, with them um, than 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 me as such. Um, I think some people can go too far. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes, um, I, 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 it doesn't matter. It could be anybody. You know, I mean, you know, people get stalkers or or, <laughs> or anyone like that disappearing through your garden hedge or something like that. You know, and it's taking a you turn. Know, it's here. frightening. <laughs> well, no, it's true. I mean, it's I mean, it's a, fright- it's a frightening thing. You know, you wouldn't want someone taking a picture of you walking down the street, would you? I mean, it's just. I mean, I can understand that being creepy. a bit frightening and creepy. You know, I mean, I I don't mind people coming up and having a chat. You know, I mean, I like I say, I mean, I socialize with anybody. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I think there are levels. There there's a, there there is a limit. You know, in terms of how far you go with something. I mean, uh, having a chat is one thing, but taking pe- random pictures on the street. Uh, yeah, it's uh, almost like sort of. I mean. <laughs> I would almost prefer someone be like, hey, can I take a selfie with you rather than like just hiding off in the side and be like, click, yeah, click, click, yeah, click, I mean, click. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it, it, it does look a bit weird. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, George, yeah. we're we're about uh, at just over an hour, and that's typically where we like to kind of cut it off for the podcast listeners for their, for their uh, drives or whatever. But uh, is there anything that you want to share with the viewers and listeners your Twitch stream URLs and socials, whatever you want to share. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you can find me uh, on various platforms. I mean, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok at George Morgan TV. That it's all the same, uh, just George Morgan nice. TV. And um, yeah, just find me on all those channels. Uh, if ever you want, just want to chat, feel free to drop me a DM. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find all my content on there. TikTok, uh, TikTok and Twitch, like I said, both George Morgan TV as well, so you can find me on there. I stream as much as I can, but I, I, I really don't have a schedule. So, yeah. well, hopefully, I, I, yeah. well, hopefully for your sake, you're not able to stream as much as you want to because you know you're commentating F1 and doing that. That uh, that's a good traveling. problem to have. Yeah, I think that's that's a good problem to have. I'm hoping yeah, that think, one think, of these days I tune into F1 TV and I'm like, wait, that's George Morgan. What? <laughs> he made yeah, well, that would it. Be, he got there. That would be that would be nice. I mean, I've I, look. I mean, I'm I'm very appreciative of, of of everything I've received. You know, it's it's far beyond my expectations, and I I just enjoy every day. That that's that's basically all it is. And uh, I'm I'm very grateful to you guys as well for having me on this this brilliant podcast as well. You guys do a do an awesome job, and and uh, a well, big thank, thank you, you uh, for for your kindness and your, and your time as well. Yeah, oh, thanks for thanks for being on the show, George. I think we can uh, we should we should manifest the future. Uh, Chris, let's call this podcast Future F1 Commentator George Morgan. <laughs> we will Oh, precious we'll on that. We'll manifest it. Can we can we put a spot like right after you do your first race then you come back on the show and we're like you made it. Welcome back. I'll I'll happily I'll 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 happily come back. No problem at all. I would love to. <laughs> that would be amazing. If well, it happens. If it happens. Well, you heard him, George Morgan TV, all over social. Go ahead and follow him there. Catch him on one of his live streams and ask him any question that we may not have gotten to during this show. Tom, do you have anything last to say before we leave? Nope, just thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much, y'all. We will be back next week at the normal everyday time, which is 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, because we won't be overlapping an F1 race that week, so that'll be nice. And then, of course, this episode sponsored by Track Racer. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig or you know get off that desk-mounted setup, go ahead and go over to trackracer.com. Other than that, we will see you next week, and this podcast will be released on Monday. And, George, thanks again, sir. It was a fabulous show. Hey, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Chris, as well. Honestly, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you.
Hey, this is Chris from GridFinder. Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on GridFinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor Track Racer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.